What are you never more than six minutes away from in London? Just off the top of my head, I'd say two foxes fighting in a bin over some chicken, many Pret-a-Mangers, and Bill Nye. But here's another thing, a free now private ride or black cab. Yep, that's right. Thanks to the Mobility Super app free now, your car is just six minutes away on average. Now that's speedy. One app, more ways to travel. Feel free now. Hey, it's Bill. I saw you come out of that venue. Oh, really? And I said to my friend, I think I'm interviewing him next week. And you gave me a look as if to say, fuck off. <laughs> that was probably me. Good morning, good afternoon, uh, good whatever. This is Joe Makatich, the editor of Time Out London. And this is Love Thy Neighbourhood, the show in which someone better, taller, more attractive, more charming, more charismatic than me shows me around a bit of London that means a lot to them. Four locations they would give their own five-star rating to. Five stars, of course, is what we do at Time Out. If we really, really like something, we give over the five stars, changing the world, making everyone happy, helping the city go around. Today, this episode brings us to suburbia, proper suburbia. This is Zone 5. This is Edgware. It's not a place that everyone knows. It is a place that a lot of people in my life have come from. I've had a lot of friends from around here and stuff. I know that in the 80s, when there was a sort of Japanese business boom, it was where they moved loads and loads of employees to. Not so much anymore, uh, but there's still like a kind of healthy amount of uh, Asian supermarkets and things like that that you see. In the 50s, the area was also famous for harboring communists. Uh, yeah, a lot of high-ranking reds called Edgware home. My guest today, not a communist, as far as we know, but he is a comedian, a very, very good comedian at that. It's Paul Chowdhury. Now, Paul Chowdhury, an incredible stand-up, fantastic performer. He sold out Wembley Arena, no mean feat. You might have seen him on Taskmaster, where he won the hearts of the nation. He headlined live at the Apollo. He hosted an entire series of stand-up for the week, and he's in the financial drama series Devils, which is one of those uh, highfalutin Sky Atlantic ones. Uh, more recently than that, he's been touring his show family-friendly comedian, which is going to Edinburgh this year. Uh, funny, of course, because I don't think he is a family-friendly comedian, and he's going to be showing me around his edgeware today. We've just arrived, actually, at his first location. I'm standing outside of it, right by the edgeware rose. First impressions, it smells really good. So there's, uh, so there's that. Anyway, going in to meet Paul. Paul Chowdhury, where are we and why have you taken me here? So I brought you to Oriental Food Court, former Oriental Food Court, now Bang Bang. So this is the area, was local to where I grew up. And as you can see, the hustle and bustle of many different Asian restaurants. Yeah. From Vietnamese to Filipino to Chinese to Japanese to Indian, really is an array of different flavors and tastes under one roof. Yeah, it smells amazing, but you remember it from back in the day. Yeah. And I remember it from back in the day as well. Do you want to talk about what it used to be? It used to be Oriental Food Court, and it was quite similar. And this was during the late 80s, and it was 
bought out by some developers during the era of Ken Livingston being the mayor of London, and uh, they were going to build flats here. And at that point, there used to be uh, an arcade hall downstairs. It was a lot of a place for Asian, Oriental Asian people to. It was a community thing. And people that wanted to be around Oriental Asians like myself, yeah. who would often travel here in a sort of pilgrimage up to North, North, North London. Exactly. To go to the Sega World. There was a, a Japanese bookshop, I remember as yeah. well, that was downstairs. Amazing place. Yeah, incredible place. And uh, it was derelict for quite a long time because the developers fell through and they didn't develop the flats here. And then it was bought again and then turned into Bang Bang, which is like a, a regenerated version of what it used to be. But there's no arcade hall anymore. And it's slightly different, it's slightly smaller. It was huge. Yeah. Do you remember what your arcade game of choice was in the Sega world? Well, Sega world, probably, um, they didn't really have Street Fighter 2 at the time, but I was a big Street Fighter 2 fan. They had all the, the simulation games, and so I grew up in Edgware, and uh, this was the most local place where you could get this other world experience. Yeah, it is the second time that Street Fighters come up is it? on the podcast already. I asked the last person who the character of choice was, so I have to ask you as well. I was a Ken, I was a Dalsim, I was um, Ryu. That's um, versatile. Yeah, I was very versatile yeah. in my street fighting skills. Yeah. So I could play different characters. Sonic Boom, Tiger, Uppercut. There's some fantastic sound samples there. They've subsequently been remixed and used in, in grime music, DWE, who could forget. Do you now, think you've lost something with those arcades? Like, not everyone listening to this would even know what it is to go into a game's arcade because yeah. they don't really exist outside of very few places. They're quite niche things now. Yeah. But do you think they actually sort of benefited society in a way? Maybe people like you at the time? Well, it was a sense of community, you know? You see your mates down there. Yeah. And then you go and get beaten up. So Literally, literally beaten up or yeah, beaten up on Street Fighter? Yeah, beaten up in the street and right. on Street Fighter. So, uh, yeah. it was a bit... It's a bit dangerous. Yeah, I know which one sounds worse. Yeah. Like, who was beating you up at the time? I remember one time I was playing, there was a massive guy who lived in Burnt Oak, who asked me 50p, and I said, look, I'm playing the game, man, just leave me alone. And the next thing, I just felt a massive punch on the side of the head, and he goes, I'm going to wait for you outside, and when you're outside, you're dead. So, um... That's a hell of a threat. Yeah, did, a, did he make good on the threat? He did make good on the threat. Yeah. yeah we, I'm dead now. Yep. I'm actually dead. And I remember one outside, I remember he tried to get me, picked me up, and I think he threw me at least a mile down the road. Uh, and, he did, and then he chased me, but he didn't get me. He threw the mile down the road. Yeah. I mean, he's given, he's given you a head start there. I'd say I'd struggle to pick up and throw you even a couple of inches at the moment. I was a lot smaller then. Yeah. And you keep yourself in good nick, obviously. Yeah, right. You know, we're surrounded by a lot of food options. Yeah. What percentage of these food options would you just reject on site because it contains something which is unpleasant or undesirable to yeah. you? Probably more the fatty meats, like the porks and stuff. Yeah. I try and avoid, because I still train. And is, are you training in case that guy comes back? Well, he went to prison not okay. long after, for various crimes we won't repeat on this podcast. So he was a very dangerous man in the area. Yeah. I've revealed his gender. I hope that hasn't given it away. No, I don't think it has. Uh, if you're listening in, do feel free to speculate about who is in prison that might have beaten Paul up, go through all the records, see who was in Edgware at the time. But I'm glad it's, it's not worked out for him. Yeah, he got a couple of licks in, but, you know, it, it wasn't too serious. No. I've had worse. Yeah. Uh, do you have a particular favourite of any of these here? If, if you had to choose one of these restaurants now to eat everything on the menu that you can eat, which one would it be? Oh, you know, this is, this is the problem. When you come here, you're literally walking around longer than you are eating. 
because yeah. you can't decide. It's like the online dating of the food world. Yeah. There's too many options. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. why dating has become so bad, because there's too many options. When you come here, there's too many food options. Would you prefer a food hall that just had one restaurant in it? or a, maybe like a dating app where every day they just give you one person. And they say, I thought you were going to say, would you prefer a dating hall? A like, dating hall is yeah, also a concept. Yeah, that would be a good idea. That yeah. We could start up a, like speed dating, but a dating hall. I'll be honest with you, it sounds eerily similar to the final scene of Taken yeah. when he's on the boat. <laughs> but yeah, we can give it a whirl if you want. You know, Time Out is responsible for my comedy career. Is that true? Yeah, because when I started in mid-98, there was no internet. Well, there was internet, but it wasn't what it is today. And the only way you could find out about live comedy gigs were on listings. So you'd go through the listings and there'd just be a telephone number and an address and it would give you the lineup of who's on the bill. It was a timeout listing and it would give you all the listings in London of comedy clubs and you'd call them up to get an open spot. That was the only way. So every week I'd have to buy timeout to know what was going on in the comedy world. And when you first got into the listings, A, how did you do it? Did you like buy them up? B, how did it feel? Oh, it was incredible. I bought a copy of it and timeout then was like, two to three quid yeah it wasn't cheap no 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 I mean, like you say it was the only way to find out about stuff like that yeah. it was a, the, the first true point of oh look i'm a comedian i'm actually a comedian it, weird question but like in a sliding doors moment if that hadn't have happened is there a chance that like your career wouldn't have taken off because because it requires at some point a load of people to find out about it and maybe if you hadn't had that you might have stopped or something I don't know if I would have stopped. I probably still would have gone there. You know, sometimes they did list you, they didn't list you. But, and I'm not sure if people looked at the listings and said, I'm going to go and see that guy, unless it was a superstar. And at that point, I think the only arena comedians were David Baddiel and uh, Rob Newman. That's it, yeah. And then, subsequently, Lee Evans became an arena comic. But that was the birth of, of arena comedy at that time. Do you feel like, as a person that sort of grew up same time as I did in London, the arena comic thing was such an enormous idea. You know, you mentioned those people and stuff like Lee Evans, the VHS that you would see at like, everyone's house. Was that a bucket list thing for you to tick off? And obviously you did tick it off. Yeah, I, I mean, the fact that I sold out Wembley and it was a local gig to me. Yeah. It was uh, a surreal experience to go from, and you try not to think about it too much when you're obviously doing the venue because you want to you want to stay grounded and take it like it's a, a normal gig. It is a normal gig, but there's 10,000 people here. So it's, in that sense, I did play to around 100,000 people on that tour, but that's one room with a lot of people on the same night. Yeah, and did you stay grounded? Or Yeah, the great gig, it was a great gig, did about an hour and a half that night, okay. straight. You have to remember, they're there to see you and they're there to have a good time. Yeah. So you get nervous about it, but they want to have a good time. They want to be entertained and they want to hear your new ideas. What is your favorite venue in London to do like small shows to practice material? You know, I normally go down to a club in Covent Garden called Top Secret, yeah. which is actually next to the Time Out building. Well, yeah, finally you mentioned that because I, I was standing in the street the other day outside a pub with my friend and I saw you come out of that venue. Oh, really? And I pointed at you across the street and said to my friend, I think I'm interviewing him next week. And, and you glanced over and saw me and gave me a look as if to say, fuck off. <laughs> That was, uh, that was probably me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in retrospect, I, I just looked like some bloke pointing and staring. Yeah, I just thought, I thought these three guys across the street want to fight me. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I don't see myself as famous, so when, when three guys are staring me out in the street, I think this trouble's about to kick off. Yeah, the old racism's <laughs> going to kick in. Yeah, three white guys are staring at me, pointing at me. Well, <laughs> yeah, well, no, no, it was, uh, it was, it was, a, it was professional oh, right, interest yeah. only. Yeah, then I, I have to remind myself, oh, actually, I'm a comedian. Some people might know me. 
All right, Paul, you've very kindly driven us up the Edgware Road uh, to our second location. Do you want to say uh, where we are currently standing outside of? So we're on Burnto Broadway on the road I was born on oh. in Edgware. This, leads, this is the longest road in London. So it starts off in Edgware at the end of the Northern Line and it ends up at the end of this road in Marble Arch. It's a 10-mile road. It's you can tell longest. you're from around it because everyone else would have said it starts at Marble Arch and yeah. it ends up... Yeah. That's why it's called Edgware Road, because it starts in Edgware. Of course, yeah. But people think, oh, you live on Edgware Road. No, Edgware Road is near Marble Arch. That station, so that confused people, because that station is called Edgware Road, gotcha. which is closer to Marble Arch, and this is Edgware, not Edgware Road, even though this is the Edgware Road. Yeah, so, so if you're listening to that, get it through your thick skulls. It's simple. <laughs> yeah, it was. It's not simple to people that were trying to get to me and would end up in Edgware Road near Marble Arch. I didn't know whether to tell you this, but today on the way to meet you, uh, I got a copy from a man in a kiosk and he said, oh, where are you off to today? And I said, oh, funny you should ask. I'm actually interviewing Paul Chowdhury. <laughs> and he went, oh, Paul Chowdhury. I remember him. He was, he was really, really good on Taskmaster. But he seemed as thick as shit. Is that what he said about me? Yeah. Sorry to say that, man. You don't seem as thick as shit to you know, me. that's bang out of order, but true. Yeah. I don't, I, maybe he just didn't get your yeah, approach. He, didn't. he enjoyed it, but he came away from it thinking you were in some way educationally subnormal maybe yeah I mean that's what they said about Einstein so yeah. remember that do you want to say where we are now the location where are we going into we're gonna to go to hair by Michael a hairdressing salon that I used to get my hair cut from way way back in the day oh very exciting well uh, let's go in let's go let's see if they remember me see in this area I can't really walk around much because the fans, that's why I have to wear the sunglasses, because the fan base here, as you can see, the customers in the shop hounding us now for pictures and autographs. Paul is wearing, it's like quite a dramatic pair of sunglasses. Yeah. That, that what the sunglasses say is the person under these is famous. Yeah. So look away. Yeah, as you can see now, the guy is leaving the shop yeah. to He's make a phone call to maybe tell all his friends yeah. that Paul Chowdhury's in my vicinity. We have probably six minutes until all of that guy's social circle turns up to get selfies. Yeah. Is that a yeah. thing that happens often around here, selfies? You know, I can't walk around these streets without getting beaten up. Yeah. As you can see, the kids here are all, like, hounding me for pictures. Yeah. Afterwards, afterwards. I'm a bit busy at the moment, sorry. Yeah. Afterwards. Uh, do you know who Paul is? He's shaking his head demurely, but that's okay. Well, yeah, Afterwards, man. Look, can you just calm down, please? Don't calm, think, calm down. He definitely needs his moustache trimmed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't got a moustache. Yeah. Oh, my moustache, sorry. Oh, sorry, I thought you were talking about his moustache. Did you have a moustache when you used to come here? I've had a moustache since I was born. Right, yeah. How were they dealing with your moustache as a child? Oh, they loved it. Yeah. This, when Michael was here. Has Michael been here recently? Obviously, he's no longer with us, but then it was taken over by his son. Did you buy it off him? Yes, yes, Michael. 1999, Michael left us. His cousin Costa was in charge for a few years, and then me. Because Costa also bought a shop up the road and called it Costa Coffee. Costa Coffee. Michael used to cut my hair himself, yeah. What were Michael's haircuts like? He was the legend in the area. Yeah. This was the salon to come to. Yeah. When Michael, and it's still, as you can see, the owner has kept the name. Still well, is. Yeah, the name carries a lot of weight. As you can see, the clientele here, we've got all the big TikTokers come here. Yeah. See, the guy getting his hair cut now is a big TikToker. He big must TikToker. be about at least five, six years old. He's one of the biggest TikTokers in Burnt Oak. What was special about Michael's haircuts in your memory? 
Well, Michael was a professional hairdresser, and as you can see, the yeah. the fade the new owner is doing mm -hmm. on the nine-year-old TikToker. It's the impeccable fade he's doing here on this kid. It is a clean fade. Good fade. There. Look behind. at that. Look how clean it is. Yeah. Do you think once someone cuts your hair well, it's hard to go somewhere else, isn't it? That's the thing. Yeah. How the, long? How long were you a regular customer here for? Oh, over ten years. See, this TikToker now is he's gonna now show that haircut on TikTok, and he's gonna clean up. Yeah, he's ready for the gram. Mm. There's, there's no doubt about it. Do you prefer it when they talk or when they don't talk to you? Well, as you can see, listen to, listen to the conversation here. Mm. It's buzzing here. The vibe in this place, this is why you get your hair cut here, because, you know, the vibe here. It's like a, it's like a black barbershop in New York. There's a similar vibe to that, yeah. yeah. Well, no, thank you for taking us here. It's been nice to see where you got your hair cut authentic. in the past. Yeah, it's, it's authentic. It's nice. You ever been tempted to come back later in life? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the fades. Yeah. And I, I don't live in this area anymore. I was born in the hospital next door. Edgeware General Hospital used to be the biggest maternity ward in, in London. Have you always had such a, a pristine look? You know, if, if, if people think of Paul Chowdhury, they have a very specific image in mind. Well, how would you describe it? I'd say... Neat, I'd say careful. Really? I'd say, I'd say yeah, well-groomed, I think, is a... I'm not a groomer. You're not a groomer? Show business has had enough of that recently. Well, I had that long beard. I had a beard until a few months ago, which was down to my knees. And uh, got first time I got rid of the beard in eight years. How do you feel now? You know, that's the thing. I've taken my inspiration from Madonna. Mm. She shaved her beard off, and she reinvents herself every few years. You've not really reinvented yourself, though. You've, you've got a shorter beard now. Shorter beard now. And now the moustache stands out, you see. Yeah, this is the strong man moustache. It is, yeah. So when I do Mr. Universe, when I enter that, I'll have the moustache. And when I start pulling cars, you know, you're World's Strongest Man, so that's why I've got the moustache. But yeah, when you turn up for World's Strongest Man, you've got the moustache, not much else. If you had to choose one event, which one do you fancy your chances in? Are you lifting boulders? Are you pulling cars? Uh, picking up a double-decker bus. Okay, yeah. And throwing it like that guy threw you. Yeah, just throwing it. That was actually across the road there in that, now, kebab shop it used to be a fish and chip shop. Yeah. And that was, used to have an arcade machine. And it was pretty rough back then. And that's when I got thrown across down to near the phone box. Mm. And is it hard for you to revisit the, the, the scene of the crime? We can go back and see them. Yeah, we could recreate it. We could recreate it. You could you play could, me, though. Yeah, you throw me down the road, yeah. finally giving you a sense of yeah. release. Oh, is not, there's another fans coming to take my picture. No, I don't think he's even noticed you're here, to be honest. Nope, sorry, man, I'm busy at the moment. He's not even looked around. He's definitely, he's more interested in uh, making sorry, this delivery. Yeah, I'm busy at the moment, man. He's not even looking. He's not even looking. Uh, anyway, I think that's probably just about enough uh, hair by Michael. Should we move on to our next location? Yeah, let's move on. Just want to say to the kids, um, next time I'll do pictures and stuff, but I'm busy at the moment, I'm afraid. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I just want to point out that one of the kids did sort of snort derisively. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, have, a, have a good next day. Next time, man. See you guys. Thanks, guys. Well, that's going to change their life forever. Yeah. Maybe in the future they'll talk about the time that they were... Future trauma. That's a future trauma thing, yeah. Hair by Michael. I was there when that comedian was in there. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're playing it cool. They're playing it very cool. Your fans have a really unique way of expressing their yeah. admiration. No pictures, sorry, no pictures. It's almost complete indifference, I'd say, but maybe that's just the bond you have with them. It's like a little in-joke. Yeah, exactly. Hey, man, see? Maybe that was a fan, although that was just a, I'd say, quite an overweight... Dude in a white van. Yep. That's like, my fan base. Is that the fan base? Yep. Love Thy Neighbourhood is sponsored by Freenow, the Mobility Super App.
Thanks to Freenow, I can get to where I need to go in London in a private ride, black cab, e-scooter or e-bike. One app, more ways to travel. Feel free now. Are you doing a show later as well? Today I've actually got a day off. I've been on the road every day. I was in Devon the other day. Hey, Paul Chowdhury. Right. <laughs> so as you can see, lots of... Yeah, well, no someone pictures did actually recognise no, you. That was a real one. People recognise me. Yeah. No pictures, man, sorry. No pictures at the moment. I'm a bit busy, sorry. So far we've had one real one to, I'd say, 20 fakes. Yeah, yeah lots of people are, um, are hounding us here. It's like when Elvis went back to Memphis. Right. Or Michael Jackson, if he went back to Never Neverland. Sure. You want to compare yourself to Michael Jackson? Well, no, I'm not. Sorry, man, no pictures. Morrison's drivers. They're some of the worst. Yeah. All right, we're now approaching the third location uh, yep. on your list. Do you want to say where we are? We're walking up to the Broadwalk. Yeah. Broadwalk this... Shopping Centre in Edgware. Right. It's a big, low-rise... The hood I grew up in. ...old-school shopping centre. Yeah. So we're walking in here with microphones, so they... We may get shut down. They may try and lock us down now. Well, I hope not, because I do want to have a look around inside. I do like. You do realise walking through is going to be very difficult. I'm going to get hounded when we walk through here. Perennially concerned with getting hounded. It's not happened yet, I have to say, but there's still time. Yeah. Walking past the Sainsbury's, Timpson's, flower shop, florist. This is Blue Ink, where I bought all my outfits for Taskmaster back in 2016. OK. I don't remember you wearing much of this stuff. A lot of uh, T-shirts with palm trees on them. A lot of t-shirts to say LA. This is the actual W. Smiths I used to get my time out from oh. to check the comedy listings when I began stand-up. And were you checking them to see what gigs to go and see or were you also checking in hope, to hope, be booked on. hope that you would be mentioned in the listings as well? Yeah, to get booked on. And, the, and then this was where you saw yourself for the first time in the listings, was in the shopping centre? Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. And there's a picture there of Edgeware, yeah. if it was clean. Sure, it's like an AI CGI Edgeware. I think that's Edgeware, an old picture of when it was Edgeware in its original carnation. When it was just a town, before it was a suburb of London, a proper yep. suburb. And that pub, look at it, it's so nice and lovely. It's an old Tudor pub, yeah. What's and it like to come back and walk, because we're walking around the streets that you literally walked as a child. Yeah. Do you get a bit of a sense of like, is it all positive feelings or is it mixed up with other stuff? Yeah, it's mixed up feelings of emotion here. As you can see, the Starbucks, that's uh, slightly newer. Yeah. But the green behind the Starbucks has now become a kind of grey. Sure, which maybe it's symbolic for the fading of a once powerful brand. And the subway. Yeah. All right, well, thanks very much for, for showing me around the Broadwalk Shopping Centre. It's a proper fucking shopping centre. What else can I say? Should we uh, move on to our next location? Yeah, why not? We are outside your fourth location. Do you want to say where we are? We are outside the Three Wishes pub at the top of Edgeware. Hey, yeah, it looks nice. And you know what? The clouds are gathering, the sky is darkening. I can sense uh, the onrush of rain from somewhere. Maybe let's, uh, let's head inside. Let's go get lashed, mate. <laughs> As you can see, all the locals recognize me. There's no being hounded of here. recognition. They can't believe Paul Chowdhury's in the building. They look, um, they look nonplussed, I would say. But no, yeah. I mean, I'm prepared to believe the people of Edgeware are quite reserved, maybe. They yeah, they're all out. Themselves. He's back, Mike. A, a Guinness for me, please. Yeah, cheers. Thanks. Uh, I'll just have a bit of 
lime and tonic water, please. All right, Paul, we're here inside the pub. Yep. What is that sound in the background? We're here in the afternoon and they're playing bingo. Yeah, it's nice. Older folk mainly. Yeah, my kind of crowd. Mm, yeah. You have got one person to recognize you in here. Yep. Yeah, yeah, a gentleman. He's, he's shrugging his shoulders. He don't really give a shit. The only Indian in the pub recognized me. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was going to say, when I'm walking my dog, Cronus, I can tell at a distance who's going to react to the dog nicely. Really? Yeah, it's, you get a sixth sense for like certain people are going to see a bulldog and react really, really well and their faces light up. Yeah. Usually it's because they look a little bit bulldog-like themselves. Yeah. If you're walking around, can you tell from a great distance what a comedy nerd looks like and they're going to accost you, say hello or something like that? Well, the thing about a dog is people say people get a dog that resembles them. Right. I would say you're more of a, a Rottweiler. I'd say that's a compliment to be compared to a Rottweiler. I'd say if I had to compare you to a, a breed of dog, there's um, I can't remember the name of the breed, but there's an Egyptian breed of dog, which is very upright. Quite an, it's, a, it's a noble looking animal. So do... Yep. Take it as a compliment. Is that the name of it? A Saluki? Yeah, I look like a Shizuki. He looks like a Saluki, Shizuki. You're not much of a drinker, I suspect. I stopped drinking years ago. Yeah. I'm having something very, um, as you can see here, non-alcoholic, bit of blame. Yeah, but it's a, that's the classic non-drinkers pub drink. You went for the Guinness, mate. I went for the Guinness, yeah. Is Good that, old Irish drink there. Do you think it's a cliche for me to go for a Guinness? Not really, because you're not Irish. Not Irish, but I think in these days, you must have noticed on the comedy circuit, people drinking Guinness a lot more now than they used to. Or maybe you didn't notice. Yeah, a lot of comics used to drink, mm. and now comedy has become a profession, so people are a lot more a lot more strict and they take their health a lot more seriously. Yeah. It's a grueling game yeah. being on tour, and it's very hard in this country to be healthy mm. when you're on the road. Well, I think a lot of comics... Service stations. A lot of comics definitely fail at that. There's a lot of unhealthy comics out there. Were you always of the mindset that that is not good for my career? That I'm a sensei. Yeah. We're a sensei in terms of Zen mentality. Yeah. Focus on the comedy. Right, yeah. Rather than the chemicals. And you never had a party boy, drinky, druggy streak? Never really had that. No. I drank for a little bit, but I was never really a party animal. No. Yes, go get lash, mate. Do a couple of bevies and a couple of birds, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In my experience, like, I've had Sikh friends who were big drinkers. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They could, they could drink. There's a reputation, I think, um, within people from the Indian subcontinent that the, the Sikhs can be sort of like larger-than-life personalities. Mm. Yeah, good times. They used to call them the Irish of India. Is that true? Yeah, they used to drink a lot. If I said that to you, would that be offensive? Yeah. It would be offensive. Yeah. yeah. It's a good line, though. Yeah, yeah it's a good line. <laughs> I guess the, the, the question I was trying to get to before we move on is just, who are your growing up? You mentioned having Lee Evans, VHS, things like that. I remember all of that stuff. It was, it was like a monoculture. It was like no matter who you are, someone in your family or your friendship circle had that VHS, or they had the Kevin and Perry VHS. Who, was your, who were your people growing up? Like, who were it your was influences? probably the delirious Eddie Murphy album. Eddie Murphy, On yeah. cassette. What was audio. it you liked about it in particular? In my mid early teens it was the first time I'd really heard and prior to that it would have been Pryor Richard yeah. Pryor who I then met oh yeah his daughter oh. <laughs> <laughs> Rain Pryor in Edinburgh who became yeah. a stand up one it's of hard not kids. to be sound rude there because I should have been like oh no that's cool never actually met Pryor himself yeah I was never in the presence of Pryor I did actually get to know Lee Evans oh yeah so yeah he became a 
a nice man. Not very nice man. Mm. Who retired? Yeah. From comedy. And you think you think broadly underrated in terms of being like a proper serious comic because he's so physical. He's I don't so think he was underrated. Now I, I just don't think people ever reference him or talk about him in the well, same way as they talk about like you know like Lee and Herring or stuff from the similar time. I think they do. Yeah. I think they do. When his clips go online, people do rate him. Lee and Herring weren't. They were more of a dub. Yeah. And, and Stuart Lee's were on my podcast and Richard Herring, who's also been on my podcast. On the podcast. Yeah. And I've worked with, and I've been on Richard Herring's podcast. And he, he's more podcast than man, I think, at this point. He's so synonymous with the platform and the genre. Yeah. He almost exists solely as a podcast concept. Yeah, it's good. He's got a massive podcast out there, which I've done twice. Yeah, yeah. Fun? Good guy, yeah. Um, okay. And Stuart Lee, I've known for years. And uh, people absolutely love Stuart Lee. I feel like he's maintained a sort of Morrissey mm. level of adulation yeah. by keeping the media at arm's length. Obviously different from what you've done. You've embraced the media very much. You've invited the media into your life. I don't know. I don't know if I'm part of that media circle either uh, in terms of celebrity. No, I think probably I'm being facetious about it and you seem like someone who's sort of quite keen to have a separation. Definitely when I, when I stopped and pointed you in the street, uh, you didn't seem happy about it. Uh, so I assume actually you quite like not being, you know, you've, you've been joking all day about people stopping you in the street, but maybe you're actually quite happy not having people stop you in I'm the street. I'm not sure how to react to when people stop there and stare at me in the street. Mm. Because if I then thought, oh, he knows who I am, and I then came up to him, hey man, you'd be thinking, no, I don't, I just pointed at you. Like, yeah. It's a lose-lose situation. Yeah, for everyone. Once I was walking down Carnaby Street, and this guy just stopped in the middle of the street while I was walking past him, coming yeah, head to head, and he stopped, and then I just walked past him. And then he tweeted me afterwards and said, I stopped on Carnaby Street to talk to you, and you ignored me and walked right past me. <laughs> I'm no longer a fan. But how do I know you've stopped to talk to me? What? So my ego is going to say, oh, you, you've stopped. Like, like we yeah. were doing kind of ironically earlier on. Right. But he thought I was going to then think, I should now stop and talk to you for yeah. five or ten minutes. Yeah. And, and, and acknowledge that you think, I know you think you know who I am. But yeah, you wouldn't get... Anything done in well, the day, you, you, you'd be stopping and you, every time someone hesitates near you, you'd be like, here we go again. But I'm not so ego-driven to think he actually knows who I am. Well, that's what I mean, yeah. You better... And imagine I stopped and said, oh, you stopped to talk to me. Yeah. No, I haven't. I've just stopped. It would be... Leave me alone, mate. Well, you wouldn't get anywhere. You'd be stopping every five meters because people would be around you and you'd be just waiting to see if they were talking to you. Yeah. I'd like going up like we did earlier on and said, hey, you know, and they said, oh, we don't even know who you are, mate. Yeah. Anyway... At this point, I'm going to ask that we broaden our scope away from Edgware in particular and to London more in general to ask you about what your favourite things are in the city as a whole. Places you would give uh, yeah. five-star ratings to, no thinking, just off the top of the dome. Yeah. What is your thing that gets a five-star goated status, as young people would say? The first one, five-star park. Um, Chandos Park off Camrose Avenue in Edgware. What is it you like about that? That's the park I grew up in and survived on the streets of London. Is that the park you get noticed in a lot, recognised? I haven't been there for years, but that, I would say, obviously, lots of people got Hyde Park, Regent's Park, all the prestigious parks close to central London, Yeah. the Royal Parks, but I'm going more suburban. There we go. Chandos Park. Chandos Park off Camrose Avenue. Chandos Park. Next one is what is your five-star Pizza. I don't know if you eat pizza. I'm assuming you don't. That's a lot of grease and cheese. You must have eaten a pizza at one point in your life in London and thought that's all right. You must Probably have. Spazzo in Wilsdon Green is the best pizza I've had outside of Rome in Italy. Spazzo? Yeah. 
in Wilsdon Green. I don't know off the top of my head if that's real. I'm going to assume it's not just uh, Paul getting me to say the word spazzo in front of a camera, but spazzo's in Wilsdon Green. Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. I don't mean to offend anyone with the title of that. No, what's good about it? It's the best pizza I've had with proportion of dough in comparison to cheese, not too much cheese, and tomato sauce. Yeah, I can imagine you liking the tomato, the fruitiness, yeah. the, yeah. Excellent. What is your five-star tourist attraction in London? I would say maybe the London Dungeon. Interesting. The London Dungeon, a proper survivor. The London Dungeon, not going anywhere, more popular than ever. Do you know how much it costs to get in these days? Well, back then it was about £10 when I was a kid. I think now it's north of 30 I think. Yeah, yeah. Would you pay 30 quid for... I mean, bear in mind, that's a couple of hours entertainment. It's a couple of hours now. Yep. The London Dungeon basically is just London now, isn't it? That is, it's quite it's a probably profound better then thought. than it is now. Yeah. You say all of London is a dungeon. It's become a dungeon, isn't it? In what, in what way is London like London Dungeon? Well, it's like the Great Plague. The Plague, yes. Yeah, we had the Plague. You know, it's... it's uh, Murderers. The government. The government. Guillotines, Guillotines. public executions. I, I performed at a pub called The Bedford in Ballam. Yes. It's got a big, big theatre space in there, in the round, because that's where public executions used to take place. Really? Mm. Wow. Well, yeah, visit it if you can. That sounds good. Uh, what is your five-star cup of coffee? You know what? A revolution just took place during this podcast when we went to Bang Bang and got a Vietnamese... Yeah. It was an iced coffee, one of the strongest coffees. Yeah. It's blown my mind. I feel like you've been on a journey the whole day with this coffee. That's what got me through this podcast. Yeah. You were drawn to the coffee, you were hesitant, you went in, you got the went coffee. In hard. Yeah, then you went in hard. And then you kept remarking on the coffee. You kept saying, this coffee's still going. Yeah. And I you didn't put... even finish it. There was about 55 shots of coffee in that one coffee. There was a lot of coffee in the coffee. Those Vietnamese know how to make a coffee, and they're not known for it. The Italians are known for it, but the beans, they only roast coffee yeah. in Italy. The beans that, are from other countries. Yeah. It's a scandal if you think about mm. it. What is your five-star city that is not London? That's not London. Yeah. In and not w- New York either. That's the yeah, cop-out answer. Just, um, probably Manchester. Just because the northern comedy scene, I think, is as vibrant as London. Yeah. And uh, the crowds are very... London is spoilt for choice. Yeah. Well, even Manchester to a certain degree, but they're really up for it. The northerners really do know how to have a good time. They have a laugh. Northerners, you're all right by Paul. They love having a good laugh, mate. That's good. I feel like all the goodwill that you had in the build-up to that has been undone by the accent at the end, probably. They love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, yeah, uh, okay, well, well, it remains to be seen if, if they love it. All right, Paul. Thank you so much for showing me around the area of Edgware. I feel like I learned quite a lot. Time out. Edgware is the place to be. It is the place to be, yeah. If you want to be somewhere. If you need to be somewhere and you have to be somewhere yeah. to survive, don't pick Edgware. If you've got no money, you've got problems in your life, Edgware's the place to be. I really hope your Edinburgh run goes well. You're feeling good Thank about you it? very much. Can't wait. Excellent. Just want to say it to all the Time Out listeners and viewers, it was great speaking to all five of you. Wow. I mean, that's a dig. <laughs> that's a dig. I swear, you know, if it wasn't for Time Out, I wouldn't be here, right? Well, I would be, but... Um... You've admitted it yourself. We made you. We can destroy you. Well, you didn't make me, but um, I could probably destroy you now. Well, it remains to be seen. (laughs) The tables have turned. (laughs) Well, there we have it. Thank you very much to my guest, Paul Chowdhury, the comedian, 
for showing me around Edgware, where he grew up. It was actually very, very interesting. With Paul, hard to know at any point how serious he's being, um, what version of himself he, he's granting you access to, but I think we got on pretty well. If you want to see more of him, do go to the Edinburgh Fringe and check out his show, Paul Chowdhury, Family Friendly Comedian, which he will be doing every day at the Pleasance Theatre throughout all of August. You can also listen to him constantly on his podcast, The Podcast, uh, where he has loads and loads of really, really interesting guests on. If you want to hear more from us, and I hope you do, the Love Thy Neighbourhood podcast is being released every single week, so go back to wherever you found this, and there'll be another one released in seven days' time. As good, if not better, than this one, I promise. With that said, there's not much more for me to do than wish you farewell. So, until next time, cheerio. Love Thy Neighbourhood is sponsored by Freenow, the mobility super app. I'll be honest with you, I never thought I'd be an e-bike guy, but I also never thought I'd be as lazy as I am now, which is why e-bikes are perfect for me. Thanks to Freenow, I can unlock e-bikes in selected parts of London when I want to get somewhere fast and feel the wind in my long, luscious hair. One app, more ways to travel. Feel free now.